Welcome to the podcast. First, I want to give a shout out to Harlan Lessick and the Weekly Bean. They continue to publish uh, my content uh, every week. They give a little write up about the the guest coming up. So, thanks, Harlan Lessick and the Weekly Bean. You guys can find that in Lloydminster, Kinnersley, and Moose Jaw. Next, I want to give a shout out to Greg Buchanan, who wrote, uh, sent me a little message. Said, love the Amber interview. Uh, very good. He was talking about the Amber LaRue interview from last week. She is the first pro female truck wagon driver of the CPCA. So, if you haven't listened to that one, I suggest you go back a week and check it out. Um, if you're looking to interact, I love hearing from you guys. Love giving shout outs on here. You can find me on social media Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, Sean Newman Podcast. Just look it up and. Um, by all means, let me know your thoughts. If you got any get good guest ideas, I'm always up for them. I've had two suggestions that have come in in the last about month and a half. One was Amber LaRue, who I just did, who she was fantastic. And the other was Murray McDonnell, uh, and he was about three episodes ago. And if you haven't listened to that one, that's another gem. He was a Lashburn rugby program uh, visionary. He's the guy who got it going, and he was an unreal interview as well. So... If you got any suggestions, guys, I love hearing those. That's how uh, I find out about really cool people that I, that that's what this is all about is finding cool people interviews. So this week on the podcast is a really cool person. It's Brandy Hofer. Now, for those of you who've been following along, you've probably heard me say time and time again, this is not completely a sports podcast. I use the 80-10-10 rule. 80% of it is going to be sports and of that sports, I'm a hockey guy, so a lot of it is hockey. But the other 10 and 10, well, 10 of it, I graduated with a degree in history. I love hearing about the old days. And then 10 of it's about adventurous people. And Brandy and I graduated high school together in 2004. And back then, we both went our separate ways. And every so often, we kind of bump into each other and, and see how things are going and what each other has been up to. And I've been fascinated from afar as her career continues to blossom. Like, she is a fantastic painter. And if you haven't seen her work, I highly suggest you go on Instagram and check out Brandy Hofer Artist or to her website, brandyhofer.ca. Both of those places, you can see her fantastic artwork. She is very talented. And I thought today, you know, with interviewing her, I really wanted to know, uh, dig into the hard work that goes into being a successful painter and get her firsthand stories on her adventures because she's been all over the world and painting has taken her there. And so I think those two things right there I'm really intrigued by and I'm really excited to hear her answers. So without further ado... <laughs> Welcome to the Sean Newman Podcast. Thank you. Thanks I am I am sitting in Randy Hofer's studio. I thought this might be a little more comfortable than uh, surrounded by all my stuff. I thought I'd venture into where you uh, do your magic. Yeah, probably a bit messier. No, yeah, but it's still cool. I love <laughs> all the... Oh, you haven't been in my studio yet. For all no, I, I have not. <laughs> I had the children out there yesterday hanging photos. For all I know, there's granola blower on the, on the floor, so you might be safer here. I don't know. You you should check your socks already. They're probably black. That's okay. It's a sign of creation and a lot of it. 
paint splashing, etc. Yeah, no, well, it's cool. I, I like the atmosphere, to be honest. That's one of the cool things about the podcast. It's kind of taken me all over the place to people's... Well, last week I was at Lashburn Elementary School with Murray McDonnell, and we had a bunch of kids watching us do this, and I don't know if they... Yeah, that's neat. It's not a typical thing to do to move around a podcast. No, well, normally... (laughs) people do it, like, online or over something Uh, or in a specific place all the time. And uh, I've been asked to do it, like, interview people that are, like, in Toronto and whatever, right? And I've been like, eh, I really like this. Well, maybe one day you can start traveling to those places and that will be part of it. Yeah, but I really like the, the interaction of person to person instead of going through technology kind of like gives it a warm feeling sitting across from somebody and talking i'll interview you but you have to pay for my flight <laughs> hey you never know maybe exactly. someday hey, hey I right now so. it's right now it seems goals. like a pipe dream goals it could be like a year away or two <laughs> or five or ten <laughs> i if you would ask me some of the things that have happened to me i probably wouldn't have believed you like 10 years ago so well cool let's get yeah. to some of it because sure. i'm uh for people who don't know we went to school together mm-hmm. we graduated together we hung out a lot and then we both went our separate ways and now we're both but married. not that far true but now we're <laughs> but now we're well no when we were we went our separate ways for college mm-hmm. uh for a big chunk there and then now we're back at the same spot and now we both have little kids and we both got our thirds on the way how yeah. are you feeling by the way uh, super pregnant. Yeah, I'll try not to keep you up until all hours. <laughs> Let you get your sleep. My laugh is a lot uh, heavier and deeper. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's been good. Uh, I think it's crazy to have a third child, but uh, here we go. Yeah, and yet somehow I find myself every once in a while going, oh, geez, what difference? Yeah, what maybe no. a fourth, eh? <laughs> no. I think your wife would disagree strongly, probably. I don't know. She was laughing at me the other night. Really? I probably shouldn't uh, say this on air because now yeah. people are going to think I'm having a fourth <laughs> when I just, I'm like. They're going to hold you to it. Yes. Well, you did say. You did say. Uh, I yeah. I a lot of stupid no, things No, everyone's sometimes. like, oh, you need to try for a girl. I'm like, I'm good. I'll just take my, I'll, then I'll have four boys and then, well, I'll be eaten out of house and home later. <laughs> It's a lot of fun, though. Yeah, it is. I I actually really like it. We're really active, and get a lot of fresh air, and it's it's definitely fun, exhausting but fun, and gross, all all at the same time. They oh, you want gross? They're absolutely disgusting. Well, you know, you grew up with brothers. Yes. So it's. Yeah. I tell it's, you what. I'm just like it's I'm not that right surprised now. anymore. It's really? Mila right now. Mila's dipping her. Uh, what was it the other day? Like her orange and ketchup. I'm like, how's that? That's not gross. That make... I'm talking about like disgusting, like, you know. What do you mean that's not gross? Or An orange and ketchup? Oh my gosh. I've seen Finn eat like strange, strange things. And just can't be see... like, I'm not talking about like, <laughs> that's like the most innocent, gross thing I've ever heard <laughs> is dipping an orange and ketchup. Because Finn always digs and touches his shit in his diaper and comes and walks around and is like <laughs> poop or smears it on the glass railing upstairs. Like I'm talking about like they are disgusting and they love being naked. And it's just going to go downhill from here. I was going to ask you, I was thinking on the way over. 
What is the one thing you never thought you'd do, but your child's made you do it? Oh, gosh. They definitely like to kiss on the lips, and there's, like, gross stuff on, on their face. And, the, like, when... Before you're a parent, you don't imagine yourself being so disgusting. Now I, like, eat their leftovers. And, yeah, I know. And it's gotten to a level of if someone saw me or watched my daily activities, <laughs> activities, they'd be like, what are you doing? And just, like, your first baby, you're like, I could just eat you. I love you so much, you know? You'll just go to any level. It's different being a parent. I like it. I was telling the story... Uh... I think this morning at work, my brain's a little mush, but uh, I never thought I'd give my kid candy in the morning. I never, I never wanted to. I think it's ridiculous. But Shay won't go through the night without shitting himself, right? Like oh. he goes in the room, oh, no. poops himself, and then you wake up and he's got this, and you're just like, man, just like get through the night. So we started bribing him with like these little mini donuts. Kid has not pooped himself once. Oh, there He'll you come go. Home, mini donuts. Oh, mini donuts. But now I'm giving my child a mini donut at like 7 a.m. Ah, whatever. Honestly, whatever gets you through the day or night, apparently. <laughs> yeah, you'll just do it. I keep I keep gumball treats. I keep Tic Tacs <laughs> in my purse. Like, I have bribes to go, go places, get in things, get your shoes on, like everything. We always, we had to get through a wedding, Mel's, Mel's cousin's wedding. And so... Shay was like two or somewhere right around there. And we had like a list of like five things. And DEFCON 7 was the soother. He hadn't had a soother in over a year. And we got to DEFCON 7 in like five minutes and just gave him a soother. And he sat there and didn't move didn't move <laughs> for like an hour. And I'm like, go. oh, there you go. All right. Like you just, you got a bag of tricks. That's what parents yeah. do. Yeah. You have to think ahead though. That's yeah. for sure. Yes, you do. You have a plan. If not, you're just like, oh, I regret it not planning. That, that killed me. <laughs> so we'll get back into children. Yeah, sure sorry. At some point. This no. is our parenting blog tonight. <laughs> nah, this that is, we're doing. This is live, loving conversation. I love it. Yeah. Um, the reason I wanted to get you on, the reason I've been I've been fascinated following you since you started this, is um, everybody knows I'm a sports guy, so they're probably sitting there going, "Why does he got Brandy Hofer coming on? It doesn't really align." But I always, I've been saying now for the last little bit that this podcast is never going to just be about one thing. I, my personal self, love hockey, but I love adventure and I love history, right? I love three different spots. And you hit adventure and hard work and stuff that aligns with hockey and adventure all at the same time. So I wanted to know, because I can't remember, is when you got your start in like painting like was it from a, a young age or is it something that you kind of grew into or uh definitely right away uh I mean I feel like it was always a big part of my life and it definitely was positively encouraged so my dad was really into music and my mom just was supported whatever we loved to do they they were never like oh we want you to be a doctor or a lawyer or whatever right they never pushed they just left it open um and so for gifts and things i would always get like paint sets and paper and because in every book that wasn't like mine there was like horses drawn in encyclopedias and so it was just like i was pretty obsessive from from the get-go and then they say about 12 or so is the 
level where peer pressure, either you kind of go into it or you don't because someone may have said something to you or said really? you were bad at it or with creativity and stuff like that. So unless it was encouraged, uh, a lot of times it gets it gets dropped along that same age range. So it was definitely, yeah, right from the start. And I didn't know specifically that I w- wanted to follow it as a career. I was just like, yeah, I guess I'm good at that. I'll... Uh, and I want to go to school, so I I first started at uh, RDC in Red Deer College, and then my second year it really clicked that when I got to focus on um, what I wanted to do, then it clicked for me that I'm like, oh, I think I want to like really continue doing this for well, probably at like the rest of my life, and specifically painting, not just something art related like illustration or anything like that. Um, but I spoke the other day in front of a group and one of my ex uh, teachers were there and I had mentioned that, you know, I didn't realize I wanted to be an artist until the date I just mentioned. And he said, if you would have asked any of your teachers in high school, they would have just said, yeah, you're an artist. You're going to be an art artist. He said it was perfectly obvious and clear. Really? Yeah. Oh, Okay. I guess he helped me choose. He he helped me choose the school I chose. So yeah, I was curious. Mel and I, uh, for the listeners, my wife and I were driving the other day, and the kids were singing in the back seat, and they always sing, and they're awful singers. I mean, yeah. they're great singers, but Not they just. Good. And we were talking about you know if singing lessons would help, and if they enjoy it, maybe singing lessons would help. And we got into the discussion where versus natural talent, where you just. You know, I don't know. I just always listen to Adele and think she must have just been a gifted singer from the beginning. She opened her mouth and it came out and it sounded lovely. And then there's like hard work and whether or not repetition on something can make you to the level you're at. And I was curious what your thoughts were. Yeah, I mean, I have a level of natural talent for sure. Um, And... I guess it was, now that I look back, I'm like, wow, that's, when I started, I'm like, that stuff was really bad. <laughs> but um, kind of halfway through, there was a huge shift of social media exposure and the switch to, like, even when I was in university, like, Facebook wasn't quite a thing. It had just begun. Yeah. So the reach and the, you know, grasping what social media was and what it could do no one knew like it was brand new so kind of three to five years into that then I was exposed to artists from all over the world and then I was like whoa my stuff is mediocre but I want it to be here Here. so I've always worked really hard and I did really amazing things and I traveled at that young age but then um yeah that five-year mark or so I realized my work ethic had to change and I probably had to paint every night to reach a level that I wanted to be at so instead of you know I I am social but not overly social and I can be if I want to but I really had a routine and I get myself a tea or a snack or whatever it gets and then I come straight into the studio as soon as I have that extra time. Yeah. And 
it paid off. It it definitely I've gotten to where I want to be, especially with the figurative and portraiture work. Um, and I've figured out the tools, and I've taken classes and tr- extra training, and done research, and on top of that, applied to like a zillion things to try to get exposure. So it's it's art is many different things, and and it's about seventy percent of research, computer work, and talking to galleries and um, social media posts and. Then about 30% painting. And Which is crazy. It is. And it's kind of exhausting and overwhelming. And it sometimes can be a letdown. But uh, when I do get to create, it's extra special. And it has that element of, of surprise and mood. And it's an extension of myself as opposed to something I'm manufacturing or creating or trying to repeat something that I like or that people liked. Um, I'm trying to be really honest with my work. That was a really long-winded answer. No, that's Sorry. good. No, that's, I think that's really good. I was curious, uh, while you are talking about uh, natural versus hard work, I also wondered in there if you talked about you had a little bit of your natural a little bit, right? You had a little bit of natural skill. I almost wonder if it isn't uh, you're interested in it. Oh yeah, if you, look you back, completely if you, have to. If you look be passionate back, about well, instead it. of instead of natural about it though, if you look back at your original work, you're like, oh man, that wasn't very good. Maybe it was just that you were really interested in it. Because when you're interested in it, I listen to you talk about having, and I actually just did Murray now and he paints now full time, and he said he paints like six hours a day. I assume you're just like, oh yeah, that makes sense. And I'm like, <laughs> six hours a day? That's a lot. Like, well, he must have some time then. Yes, he's retired. He's retired. <laughs> yeah. He's a retired school teacher, and uh, he is a fascinating listen. And he comes out Wednesday. So actually, by the oh, time this is listed, by the time this is posted, he'll have been out a couple weeks ago. But he is like, he has some like, well, he's really good. But he paints full time now, and he gets talking about it. You get talking about it like every night. You go paint, and I'm like, nah, that's that's hard work. Like, yeah, that isn't just like, Hey, I I do, I show up on Saturday. I paint for half an hour. Oh, there's a $10,000. I walk away and I'm done. Right. Like you're talking about like every night between painting social media and just making sure you're visible and searching it out. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, you gotta love it. Yeah. It's oh, for sure. But it also, uh, it's routine and I expect it now. And I, music is a big part of it. Like I have to have good music. Like, I can't listen to a podcast and paint. Like, I need... I can't I need uh, serenade some... you while you're... <laughs> no. It's... Like, if I listen to podcasts, I'm driving. Because that's... I have, like, a f- by myself, not with my children. I have a free moment to listen to something and focus on what someone's saying. Um, but when I'm in here, I need I need someone's creati- creativity or something they've developed or... Uh, made and and I need to bounce off that and it gets me right in in the mood and the headspace and when I'm not at about the same time every night I start hearing those songs and like what I've been listening to lately and I start singing them and like my body kind of mentally expects to do that it's changing a little right now because I usually paint until about like 11 or midnight or did but I'm pregnant so I'm, I'm like, I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> or I will 
it's just physically dangerous because I just need rest uh, after playing with two a four-year-old and a two-year-old all day plus the 36 boys in our crescent uh, and waddling after them so I I need to rest and I think I mentioned to you before um, I really sincerely believe in in if you can't actively rest you can't you can't be your full you can't reach your full potential yeah. of I'm saying this totally no, wrong. No, but but I, if you can't rest, if you can't master resting, you can't master your active life. That's right. Your awake life. And so that I want to be there fully for my children every day. That's first. And then right now, just because, you know, it's a little blip. So as soon as uh, the baby hits about three months and you get to in a sleep routine, hopefully somewhat, then as soon as they go to bed at the 7, 7.30 mark, I'll be back into a routine again. But, um, it, yeah. What what you're talking about is one of the, actually is what I commented on, that I, I out of all the stuff you sent me and all the stuff I've read on your blog and everything, I picked out the time is our most precious commodity and should be spent on things that matter most, family, love, and one's passions. Mm-hmm. I think that's fantastic. Um, I was curious on your time management then what is so that is the day in the life of a painter is you wake up you do things with the kids all day and it hits a certain time at night and boom you're in the studio working away pretty much is that That's every day or is that all, Monday to Friday no I I'm not like I I love routine but I'm not anal like obviously <laughs> I'm an artist like I allow for a lot of flexibility, which if you didn't with children, you'd kind of go crazy. But they expect routine. They enjoy routine because they know what's coming. So they're not surprised. Um, So I provide routine for them. I provide routine for myself and kind of everyone's happy. And that's that's the goal. If everyone's rested and happy, everything goes smoother. Smoother, yes. Smoother. Not... Kind of. It's impossible to be smooth with children. but And and it's great because now, uh, since Gus was about two, I've had them in my studio. So there are days when we get to create together. Um, it's a, It was really easy when Finn slept and Gus was younger to just manage one. one. Like when one's sleeping and one's coming to create, it's really easy to manage. But when there's two in here, it gets like out of hand and people start... It gets... They love to dump paint water so it gets like a it gets sloshy in here and they like slip and slide and spray and it gets like paint water fight ish which is great because what gets created is really cool and I would never make it myself because obviously I'm not gonna have my own paint water like lake in the middle of the <laughs> art studio i don't even want to know what damage has been done to this room but um yeah so it's it's kind of neat that way but um the whole coming back to that quote is you know uh, my husband and i did suffer some losses um unexpectedly of his father and my yeah. mother and I was six months pregnant with Gus, my first child, when I lost my mom. So things really changed in my life, like drastically. Uh, you know, 
we were, as a family, devastated. She was a huge, well, most people's mother are, are a rock. Yeah, they're, yeah. You know, they take care of you. So what happens when they're gone? <laughs> There's People take care of you, but not in the same way. So all of a sudden, I'm, you know, I was a grown-up, but I'm a grown-up and a mother all at once doing this kind of new thing. And, and I really just realized, yeah, like, I don't want to waste any moments. And I want to be present for my, my children and, and, you know, as much as I can and teach them to be kind and and enjoy life and and physical contact and love and yeah so yeah which I get to do uh, we're very lucky I get to be here with them every day I won't say it's easy all the time but it's definitely special and I know I'll look back and and have fond memories oh just be be proud of you know what we we achieved and and how good it felt I was thinking about last night. I was like, "Oh, one day I'm gonna hopefully reach old age, and I'm gonna really miss this time." Yeah. So I remind myself that every time Shay comes off the potty or out of bed, off bed, out of the bedroom, goes, "Dad, I need to go pee," but he yeah. just wants to see me before he goes to bed for like the seventh time, and I'm going, "Don't get mad because." Soon enough, he won't do that anymore, and he'll sleep through the night, and then you won't be able to wake him up, and pretty soon he'll be high school and whatever else. Right? Not like you, really. <laughs> That's right. And For a so while. you gotta, you really have to be conscious of that and put yourself in the right mindset. Um, I was just saying to Carly before he left, he had offered me a beer, and I hadn't had. Well, I told Mel I'd go five months without drinking while she's pregnant. It, sorry, hon. I didn't. I didn't make it. I made thirty-four days, and then I'm back That's on pretty good. day like five again. I forget what it is. Well, Brewman had that accident. Yeah. We ran the ran the fundraiser for him. So that night, I after it was all said and done, and we we ran a very successful fundraiser for him. The three of us went to his deck and sat and had what we thought was going to be a beer, but we'd sold. We'd auctioned off all the beers, so we had two uh, <laughs> Palm Bays and a warm. Mike's hard, oh. or no Smirnoff ice, Smirnoff ice. Yeah, totally worth the the thirty four day. Be- <laughs> yeah, so I tell you what, the old pink grapefruit, it, it tasted pretty good. Yeah, but th- the whole point was to for while Mel's pregnant, right? Like she just, well, you're going through it right now. She gets tired, she gets emotional, she gets just like she can't handle too. Well, she can. She's a super awesome lady. Obviously, she has to deal with me, but um, to try and be there more just physically all the time and mentally so that I can deal with some of the stuff that she just right now her body's well, tired right yeah your body and your it. mind like and yeah you're a little bit shorter tempered than you normally are and uh <laughs> like uh for example I Carly's like well what's four after three <laughs> Car- sorry Carly is my husband Charles Clausen um and and then about halfway through my pregnancy, he's like, this is definitely our last pregnancy <laughs> because, yeah, I got super mean for sure. Yeah, pregnancy. Yeah, super. Pregnancy is tough I feel, I feel like I'm like, uh, I've lightened up a bit, but I'm really ill at the beginning. So, 
and exhausted, like really tired. Uh, it was a rough one. This one, I like, I couldn't even got off, get off the floor. Like I was just laying there and letting the kids roll on me. <laughs> I can't move. So, yeah, it's something. But summer's here and it's fun. And, Kick them outside and away they uh, go. Yeah. Well, I I have to watch them. They're little, but <laughs> from a chair. I was wondering. So you go to college you go to red deer then you go to halifax to university yeah yes and then oh yes yeah, sorry university yeah but then you come back to lloyd and start working what did you like you weren't were you painting at that time uh yeah i was i actually paid off my student loans with my paint sales did you really so i guess my art wasn't that horrible <laughs> before social media kicked in it was good enough to sell um yeah i well, I didn't know how much I had spent in student loans. I'm just not a really particular person. But yeah, I had about 40 grand in student loans and I paid them off in like, I don't know, I think it was a year and a half or something. Not not like two years. Well, after I figured out how much I was paying and the interest, I was like, holy smokes. That took me a year to like click in. Yeah. So yeah, I... I was doing it in our old house, and I destroyed one of the rooms in there and, and had a studio and started my business kind of imme- like a year really, after really. I got home. I was waitressing full-time, though, which is also pretty exhausting. So I, I, I didn't have that same routine. I didn't work every night painting, but I painted because that's what I wanted to so do. When I just knew I had to supplement my income. When did you decide to go to Montreal and France? France, not Paris. Uh, that was 2011. So I um, I actually went back to Red Deer College um, and did an artist residency. And for those of you who don't know what that is, it's uh, where you go for a month or like two months and or a year. It depends on where you're going and what the residencies are like. But you have a project that you're set to work on and you go there and you and you paint for that for that amount of time. So I went back to RDC. They wanted alumni back and I went and lived there for one month and painted in the college with their program because they want their students to learn from people who are pursuing the arts. And then the project leader for the Montreal project was actually one of the professors at RDC. And I had applied for this same project that he ran in Vancouver, I think a year or two before, and I was rejected. So I, he told me about it and said, you should apply again because I was shortlisted. Like I was on, you know, amongst people he was interested in for being a participant. So I, yeah, I applied to the Montreal one and that was for the full month of July, 2011. And yeah, I was accepted after a few interviews and it was actually a project and it's kind of long-winded to explain, but... um, But you're talking about the Montreal one where while I'm... The only thing I know for sure is while I'm looking for you, you're looking for me, correct? Yeah. So two people are to set out in a city and they do not know the city, anyone in the city. So there were some things that you needed to apply, right? Like I couldn't know anyone there. I couldn't know the city or 
anything like that and you don't know anything about the person they're like if they're male or female how old they're they are anything and you have to find them in 30 or 28 days i think he gave us in your own unique way so okay so i'm fascinated without using the internet as a resource so you hop on a plane and fly to montreal yeah so you show up in montreal i was very scared i remember being very afraid well i mean (laughs) i mean i would think that's a normal feeling to have you're being put in a city you don't know and it's not hillmont saskatchewan you're going to montreal i was a young woman i knew nothing about montreal did you speak french no oh yeah even better yeah. Right, like okay. <laughs> I I was like maybe I'll try to learn. <laughs> no, uh, turns out people were super nice to a young female. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, didn't, but still... I didn't need to learn French. So did they? I I got a bunch of questions spurring okay. on my brain. Like yeah. okay, so you went for twenty eight days. Did they pay you a stipend then? So you had thirty dollars little... a day. Thirty dollars a day. I had to live off of. And on you, top of not working for a month and so owning a home, could in you Lightminster. have brought a thousand dollars with you, or you couldn't? Sp- yes, I could. I could. I could have spent like ten grand if okay. I wanted to. Right. I didn't because at that point in my life, I was, I was, well, I didn't have kids or anything, so I spent like eleven hundred dollars extra that month. But I also had income loss, right? Because I wasn't working for that month, and and so, so you have to account for that. But I'm curious. Where did your brain take you? So you land in Montreal. You're walking. You got your one bag, I assume. I assume you didn't go there with much. No, I went with a little bit of painting supplies and uh, not really an idea, actually, of how I was going to find the person. (laughs) But this is just me. This I don't really think things through too too full on. That makes it kind of boring if you do. But um, (laughs) I actually met my brother, and this is where something clicked for me. I'm, my brother had recently moved to Edmonton, which for him, uh, sorry, Zach, not a big traveler or like, I, I think he had maybe just gone to Mexico. Like he wasn't, Okay. I had already traveled and I had done, like, I was just a little in that section of life, a little more ambitious. He, he was, a, he was happy a where he was. Yeah. So he had recently moved to Edmonton and he's a musician so the art art scene and music scene was really like bumping there for him and he was like kind of ignited and really excited about it and he walked me around and took me to the these live uh, music places and there was like quartets playing these beautiful things and he was just he's really social and charismatic and he just knew everyone and was you know just kind of he had a little extra pep yeah so i was like you know what I'm gonna, I'm gonna face this kind of, kind of like my brother. He seems really, seems really into this right now. I'm just gonna, just gonna go for it. Who cares, anyways? Like, what do I have to lose? I'm just gonna, you know, go take the bull by the horns and go full in for this project and whatever. So I landed there, and the guy who's putting on the project sees you the first day and then can't see you again um until the end because he can't influence what you're doing because he's documenting it right from afar in montreal but documenting what you're doing so are you like texting him every day to let him know i had a i chose to blog about what i was doing okay but you just can't use like the project's name or whatever for the other person to find you online so 
yeah, I went full in. I I just toured around Montreal, went on their transit system. I met my friend Andrew swimming in a fountain. He frightened me at first. I was like, this, that guy is like, whoa. But he was with a group of um, people and they were just, he was just, you know, a little bit loving life that night, I guess, and his bike shorts and hat and swimming in the fountain and gave me his number. And next day he showed up at my apartment with a man size orange 70s road bike, the heaviest thing in the world. And 10 minutes later, we were weaving in and out of Montreal rush hour traffic at like 4.30 in the afternoon. And I, like, I, I, lucky I brought a helmet. I don't, (laughs) I've never ridden through, I live in Lloydminster. I can ride a bike, you know? So from that point on, I did like 40K or more on a bike through Montreal in the traffic. They have lovely bike lanes and the whole city is this, magical place that has this atmosphere and especially in the summer like it's just full of life and full of people and walking around and uh, young people and it was the best experience I and I I did I went there full force like let every inhibition and let everything down and I met create I met new people every day and people who were so nice and welcomed me into their life and, you know, old, young. Every experience was really fulfilling. I met Fiona and she worked for CBC and got me on CBC. And like, it's just crazy when you do something alone, which everyone is absolutely afraid of. Like, I'll go to the movies alone. I don't, I, that doesn't bother me. I'm fine with flying solo but it's probably has something to do with that experience um it you meet you're just more open to say you go to a restaurant or a bar or live music or something if you go with a group of people or you go with your significant other you're just going to talk to them all night if you're there alone well, you're probably going to talk to a few people you don't know. You're going to do one of two things. You're going to cry in your room, and <laughs> yeah. then you're going to eventually pull yourself together and try and talk to somebody. Cause yeah, or people will talk to you, yeah. you know? So, and there, and like I said, full of young people there. So it was just like, it was pretty safe. I don't know what it's like there now, but at that point, it was really safe, and I never felt... At first I did. At first I was fearful of walking on the streets by myself, but it was it was great. There was a great nightlife and a charm about the city, and and now I yeah. I heard a great. great line, maybe in a book. I can't remember where the heck I heard it. I'm in a book club with a group of men, and uh, I forget what the heck the book was, but it uh, talks about being comfortable with the uncomfortable. And what you talk about is exactly that. You learn so much when you go into the uncomfortable. That's where you learn is, is yeah, when you put you yourself in uncomfortable situations. If you didn't do those things, you would just <clears throat> never, ever progress in life. Like, and, and you're no longer afraid of them. And you grow as an individual. It's really important. That was probably the most... Uh, that was what I took away from that experience. Yeah, it wasn't about finding the, the other thing. person. It was. I both. didn't find the other person. <laughs> he didn't find me either. 
Yes. So, um, the competitor in me just was like, I would have been trying. I, I would have been trying dang hard, but that probably isn't why the guy wanted you to do the it. In the odds first of you finding someone are pretty slim, though. In I know, that but that's size what of a just, city. Uh, I could, like I now that I think back and like I could have done something really boring and like stood on the same corner in like a costume for the whole time, but I, that just wasn't me, right? Yeah. So I gave away drawings at every. I basically attended every public event that I could possibly attend, which in July was a is, lot. <laughs> there's tam tams, live music, picnic electronique, fireworks. There was a fireworks competition, the world fireworks competition on while I was there. So there was a different country every week synchronized to the radio, which no kidding. is insane. So we would bike across to the island and sit under the bridges and listen to the radio and see these it was, it was crazy like the stuff we did so it it yeah it really doesn't bother me and the other person turned out to be like a 40 some year old guy who was a writer and he was introverted so probably the exact that's why he chose us we were yeah, pretty opposite yeah <laughs> So How he's did, like, uh, uh, I mapped out where I walked every day, and I put pins on the map, and I wore this shirt that I made with the project name on it. So, <laughs> I mean, he had a different experience than I did, and I ate, like, the most amazing food. Like, the food there is inexpensive, and you can eat at least, well, least like... And you biking 40K a day? Yeah. You'd be able to eat whatever the heck you wanted. Yeah, and, like, going into these little dives and finding these great falafels, or patati patata has these, like, amazing, like, you can get normal burgers or tofu burgers, and, like, a big thing of salad and a big thing of fries, but, like, good like not normal you're kind of making food. me hungry like so good and i pretty much stuck to the budget like um the only money i spent was on like things you know i wanted to do or or purchase there and the other guy spent about the same as i did except he ate grilled cheese every day but he smoked cigarettes Mm. so don't his, smoke cigarettes don't smoke cigarettes they cost <laughs> they cost you your whole budget for the month um yeah so there were some huge differences between him and i but that was yeah when carly who i was with at that time which was great because that's something i didn't have to worry about a partner who's who i was secure with and he was happy that I got to experience something, but he got there and he's like, do you want to like stay here? You seem like you're having a really good time. I think it was obvious to him that I fit as an artist more in a, in a large city than maybe Lloydminster yeah. where we had decided to be, to be close to our families after we both finished university. Yeah. How was, uh, I actually had it marked down on here cause I always find it interesting well, distance is a real tough thing in a, on a relationship. And when you left for Montreal and then France. France, two months later. Yes. Yeah, I was, I was actually accepted. So in 2011, I did the residency in Red Deer, Montreal for another month or more. I stayed a bit longer because it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> People visited. And then I went in September to Marnay-sur-Saint in France for like a month and a half because I decided to also stay longer and see some stuff and meet some people. How was the distance? Oh, there's nothing. Nothing? Nope. 
Uh, we had actually come into our relationship in 2006, and I was going away two months later to NASCAD University in Halifax. So we started dating that summer, not knowing that, you know, you're young and whatever, not knowing you're going to meet the person you want to be with. Yeah. We weren't, we weren't looking, we were, neither of us were looking for that at the time, but it just clicked and we knew right away. And, and we did two years of long distance. Carly came to Halifax for, I think, four to six months or something and finished his degree. But, um, yeah, we we started long distance. We just really loved each other, I guess. Like, oh, we were so in love. We would talk on the phone for, oh, why am I talking about this? We would talk on the phone for like six hours a night. It was crazy. But, you know, you are a little bit crazy when you first fall in love. So Yes, you are. Yeah. Well. Um, yeah, so, you know, a few months of me, you know, getting uh, accepted to these crazy opportunities. Yeah, it'd be silly not to take We, yeah, he, he didn't even blink. He was, he was supportive. It was great. That's cool. I just, I bring it up. I, Mel and I also did distance for right. two years. And I just, I'm always curious because we live in a world now where, I don't know. You Things hear as high. Well, you, and you hear as high as like 50% divorce rate. It's just crazy. I don't even get it, right? Like, why even get, why even, like, you should know. Place. That's yeah, right. you should have a grasp of that person's personality. Before you get into it. Oh, don't yeah. get me wrong. I, I'm, I'm sure somebody out there got blindsided. I'm sure it happens. Oh, right? for sure. Yeah, but, I've heard horror, horror stories. Yeah. yeah, But I don't think 50%, right? Like, that's probably a little bit of blindness. And people do change. And circumstances in life throw some things at you that are unexpected. True. So you have to account for that. But yeah, I felt like we knew and that was it. And uh, we both fit in each other's families really well. Yeah. And we're both local to Lloydminster. Um, So I think you fall in love with someone who kind of feels like home to you in a way. You didn't move your significant other from Minneapolis to home on Saskatchewan? (laughs) Because I did that. <laughs> you did that. I did that. She's taking it really well. She's taking it really well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. I kind of wanted to just, I was curious about your residency in France. What did you do there? Like, were, well, were you I painting painted. every day? Yes, I did paint every day. I also. And I don't mean that as a shot. I was just, I'm actually curious what happens in a residency when you go over there like is it so i i had to kind of think outside the box because i had to take all of because where i lived had nothing it was on the seine so but in uh marne sur seine which is a small town that has a population of like nothing and so you're just you get there on a little train and you're kind of in a beautiful spot but there's you have access to nothing, no supplies or anything. So I had to decide to do the whole body of work on paper and bring all. So I brought an extra case of supplies. Uh, so I had two bags toting across Europe. That was fun. Um, but I decided I wanted to do a female-based series and interview everyone I met there so women from all 
parts of the globe and interview them on their life stories. And then... Uh, How was that? Really interesting. Um, like, I had one, Sarah, and I don't think I could even say... She had two last names because she escaped... Um, her family had escaped a country. Oh, and cool. I mean, and, like really interesting not, stories, yeah. but uh, you know, stuff you don't hear here. No, that's for sure. So I painted her several. I don't times know. You say, you really... say that you say that, but I go back to Murray McDonnell, and he met his wife, who her father, so his father-in-law, him and his family fleed Africa from persecution from the government to Toronto, and then he married her and moved out here. There are stories like that. Yeah. I just find, I was saying to him, I find... It's not that common. It's, a, it's not that common, and it becomes, I think, over time, less and less people sit and talk like this and discover that, right? There's yeah. very little discovery anymore. It's just more like, hey, how's it going? Oh, great. The weather's great. That's great. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, no, I heard you did this. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Oh, I'm busy. I Moving gotta, on. And then, yeah. and then the phone Sorry, pops out, go. and I gotta go, right? <laughs> right? You'd rather read about it on a post or a video of about it somewhere on Facebook than actually sit and chat about it. But anyway, sorry. I no, that's find okay. That, I, find I that really yeah, I spoke recently and people are like, "Wow, I really didn't know all those things about you." I'm like, "Well, how would it's, you?" It's it's the first time I'd heard about Montreal, and as soon as I mentioned to a couple ladies, you're coming on, they're like, "Oh yeah, I heard her talk about it." I'm like, "Oh, that's cool." Like that blows my mind. That's like a super cool. Yeah, story. it was, and I'm glad I did it when I was, you know, young and. And, you know, had a little more zip in my... I'm not old. <laughs> but when I... You know, you're a little... I think I was a little naive, too. So I, ignorance is bliss. Yeah. And it was. Yeah. So it, it was nice in that regard. And I have that experience under my belt. Um, and then in France, I painted a lot. But I also drank a lot of delicious wine and ate a lot of ripened soft ripened cheeses <laughs> um and i cooked a lot there surprisingly uh there was like five apple trees and a pear tree and they kept just dropping apples it was fall so i don't like to waste and they actually invited me back to be a chef there but stay for free no so, kidding yeah because we had a chef who was supposed to cook us our meals, and he did, and he was great. Um, but I also was in there a lot because I just love it, and I. It was so, so different from my day to day, like life serving, which is really high paced, but going somewhere, um, in the middle of nowhere, and you know, and this was again before the age of the, like Facebook was there, but. Instagram was maybe not and maybe not peaking in so much but the age and our internet was not great so I had a lot of time which for the first week was a really big adjustment to especially to coming off of Montreal where I was like hitting the road every day the difference was I was on this like cruiser bike in the middle of beautiful fields of sunflowers and like biking to get my baguette like it was a different pace but it was nice and you know yeah it was it was lovely um and i had i got a really lovely series out of it too what series was that uh portrait of a woman 
Portrait of a Woman? Yeah, that's what and I And that's all the it. different ladies that you talk to? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. cool. That's a cool idea. Yeah, it was it was really interesting. Um and I even like interviewed my mother-in-law before I left. I was I was painting her as well and I yeah, she told me things I had no idea. I I had no clue until I started asking and my interview questions because yeah, how often well, I'm actually just by nature not that nosy. Like I I I, yeah. I don't want to you know, step on any to- or like push any buttons. Like I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable. So, yeah, how often do you fall into those conversations with people? And I find people, some, well, not some, lots of people are humble about, like, their best experiences. They don't, oh, yeah, no, yeah, we, you know, like, we won something or oh, we traveled here or we went and did this amazing experience. But they, and they almost glaze over it and you're like, oh, what did you just say you did, right? Like, oh, no, back in the day we did whatever, right? And it's like, well, that's kind of cool. How about we sit and chat about it for five minutes and mm-hmm. we got a... Uh, cousin bob cousin bob is my dad's cousin and he lives in abbotsford and we just went down there for dustin's 40th my brother's birthday and he has stories that just like blow your hair back like he's in i believe it was australia gets he's in a bar goes out for drink of water out of an old well pulls up the the pail out of the well gets bit by a snake goes back in and they said did you see it uh it's kind of a green one and they go well if it was this one you'll be dead by morning if not it's you're fine and so he said well i'm also enjoying my last night on this plant drank woke up in the morning his light was swollen and he carried on you're like but if you never sit and talk to him or my cousin judy was on in the perfect storm she was on the one boat that survived when she was telling us that story when we're down there and i'm just like how do you not know this well, I, we like, kind of, dad's yeah. kind of told us, but to see it, like, listen to it firsthand is, like, And this has probably gotten you even more, like, at a different level of interest in people's, you know, oh. like, wow, now what can I learn from people? This is well, so neat. That's that's kind of why I started this. Uh, a, I've always been interested in radio. I, I said that. You have a radio voice. I hear that. Well, thank yeah. you. I was listening yeah. to a different podcast the other day, and I was like, man, I just... This guy sucks. Like, it's not what he's talking about, but his voice sucks. So I, yeah. I always like hearing that. So that's a huge compliment. Which, too Thank bad you. for him, but yeah, people have certain, yeah. Yeah, well, cool. and whatever. Well, but. when I started, when I when I thought of the idea of this, I wrote down 40 names, which your name was on. Because I oh, went, thank you. If, I, if, I, nice. if I went around Lloyd and I picked, if I could pick like 40 hand-picked people, like this person, this person, this person, and I've done a few of them now. I've heard their story, but never from them. Mm-hmm. So I've always heard somebody tell me about these great things they've done. And I'm like, why don't I just go to them and hear their story and record it? And then I have it. Now I got it. And if people want to listen to it, they can. Or mm-hmm. I can just say I've heard it now and, and and so be it. And the crazy thing is, is like three weeks ago now, I think it was, uh, I did Cy Campbell. He was a 94-year-old World War II vet. And that oh stuff goodness. was like, I don't know if I'll ever get to sit and talk with a guy about World War II ever again. No. Right? Definitely. And like. Who, who yeah, who are you going to meet that was a part of World War II? Well, exactly, World, right? World and was, now, and like... was willing to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And actually has really fond memories of it. And it just kind of blew me away. I'm like, yeah, like you're happy to go. Well, you know, we went through the Depression and we were all happy to go, go do something. It's like, I'm mad. Like, I can't even put myself in that position. We yeah. don't even know what that's like now. No. No. No, I'll have to... That's really interesting. Well, and so I always go back to the 
20 rule of what the podcast is. I'm maybe hoping 75, 25, but I love hockey. I love bantering <laughs> hockey. I'm the typical guy. I'll I be love, your focus. That's I, okay. I love it. But at yeah. the same time, I love a good story, interesting story. You got an interesting story. This is yeah. cool sitting in here Thank and talking. Thank you. you. Actually, and I didn't like sharing my story, but I, I learned quickly that in order for people to connect to my artwork, they need to connect to me. I listen. First. I listen to your uh, your video on your blog, uh, the one I'm assuming from the women's conference. Would that yeah, be correct? Yeah, yeah. And it gave me chills. Oh, like three different times. Like it was, that was so hard for me. I don't don't. I don't public speak because well, uh, I think I, in school when they would make me read a poem, <laughs> I would cry. Like I, it's not my thing, which is okay everyone has their strong suit so i did i but that took months of prep and i was still reading for i had it memorized but i was still reading from cue cards because i just cannot go up there and i'm gonna i'm gonna give you a little story i took public speaking in college i actually took a public speaking because i was like you know what i'm gonna learn how to get over this phobia and you're probably part of toastmasters or something yes i was yeah because i was like i'm gonna get over this phobia because i hated public speaking and the first question I asked my professor was like, okay, how long did it take you to get over public speaking? She's like, oh, I'm still nervous. Yeah. You never get over it. I'm no. like, you got to be kidding me. She's like, no, I just did stretches out in the hallway to loosen myself up. She's like, I got this routine to kind of like get myself motivated. I'm like, ah, crap, right? Yeah, like, it's not many. I don't think it's, everyone gets nervous, but some people are stronger at it. That's right. Well, and, and you learn to deal with that emotion, right? I, uh, I say that coming on a podcast, Mel was asking before I came over here, she's like, so are you nervous? I'm like, oh, I get nervous before I'm off, right? Like, it, it's the closest I've ever got to playing in a big hockey game. And I can't translate that feeling other than it. my stomach kind of like, it's a little bit naughty. It's not a bad naughty. It's just like your head's in this, you're a little nervous. And then we sit down and all of a sudden. for a time. <laughs> and then the mic gets in front of me and we start talking. And once we start talking, it all it's goes fine. away and it's like, it's flow. And it's, it's good. It's not, it's not the worst thing. It really isn't. And especially that you say, I spoke at the women's conference. When you asked me to do this, I was like, yeah, sure. And I wasn't worried about it. Like, of course, you're nervous when you begin anything. But I wasn't worried. And, and again, doing things that scare you. Like, I didn't want to say yes at all. I was about to say no to those women when they asked me. But I thought the women's conference, that that's really important to me. Like, that is in, in, in particularly about what my body of work yeah. at this year was about. Um, vulnerability and and um, owning yourself and the Me Too movement and all of that. And I was like, yeah, I definitely probably should go speak in front of 300 women because that's what I've been talking about for a year. So <laughs> not to mention it uh, from an outsider looking in, it's like a huge honor for them to come. Like, that was really nice. Yeah. I was I was surprised. I was not cap. expecting yeah. that at all. And um, I'm glad I did it. And I, they, they're like, you can talk about whatever you want. I'm like, okay. And I had no idea what I wanted to talk about. Um, and I just started thinking about it. I'm like, well, I'm just going to be honest about my experiences in life. And hopefully people like it. <laughs> so I just told, you know, what I do in my story and a little, a few of the hardships and the lessons I've learned. So hope I, I did get a, like, 
a lot of positive feedback from it. Um, it was really good. Yeah. So I th- the written version was good. <laughs> no, no, it was really good. Execution. No, I, I uh, honestly, you say but... you're you're nervous. It's just another way. Like you were very good. It was very good. I, I put an odd joke in there. Yes, and they were good. Yeah, yeah. I personally like the I one think about I'm you a rubbing, little, yeah, rubbing your foot. <laughs> that's maybe you should. I think tell I that okay. For... I can. I think I'm really funny. Uh, my husband does not agree. He thinks that he said you think you're really funny. I'm like, well, I am. Or people would would laugh when I told a story. He said they're just being polite. I I think he's wrong. And my brother always says, you know, if if you tell a joke or you tell a story, if you laugh, people are probably gonna laugh with you. So That's right. Just, go just with laugh that. at yourself. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, so just go with it. So I usually, yeah, I go full on. And uh, my family's like my grandpa was notorious for being a storyteller. Uh, kind of a bullshitter that's all he did and then that traveled down to my aunts and uncles and my mom of course they could tell a good story like I won't tell you something I won't start a story unless I have like a punchline at the end because I want you to react I I enjoy you know without you know thinking too hard but I'm not going to tell you something without a point so I'll tell you... Um, oh, so you're different than me. I can ramble. I can ramble with the I best can, of them. I can ramble, but mostly I'll have a, I'll have a, some sort of line. Like, I'm going somewhere with this. <laughs> um, there's a reason, right? Yeah, so the summer, which I mentioned before, that Carly and I started dating. <laughs> uh, yeah, we were young and... You know, his parents had this beautiful backyard and they, we were having dinner with them and they were barbecuing and we're at this little round table and we had, you know, a nice meal or whatever and we're sitting there and we're all laughing and having a good time and we finished our meals and I look to my right down at Carly's feet and I'm like thinking to myself I'm like where are his socks he has bare feet right now and I look over at well my father-in-law but not at the time and he's smiling and I'm like I have been playing footsies with a socked foot all through dinner and he just waggled his big eyebrows up and down and I just I, I was oh I just I uh, of course I kind of wear my heart on my sleeve and, and and can't keep things and I was like oh my gosh like Dwayne I I've been rubbing your foot all night like what is going on and we just Michelle and Carly are in shock like what the hell is happening here and like why didn't he say anything like I'm not sure but yeah, again, to to this day, because he passed, so we don't know if he was <laughs> trying to save story. me from embarrassment or liked it or both. I like, <laughs> we'll never know, but probably both. He was he was a fun guy who everyone loved. So, well, I didn't know that either. Really, at the time, he seemed cool to me, but like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ugh. I can just imagine going back to your, your best friend's house going, 
Yes, I just played footsie yeah, with my father. Or well, not my father-in-law at the time, just, right? This man <laughs> who, this guy I've been dating for like a week. No, we, I mean, we're both from Lloyd. It's not like we didn't know each other. But not that well. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was a good one. But, oh, so embarrassed. I still, like, my voice shakes. Like, I was embarrassed. I am embarrassed. It was not a fun moment. Very funny now. Yes. But, because, of course, he, like, as a, he's a fun-loving, harmless, great man. So there's nothing that, yeah. Was, yeah. Anyway. I was curious, um... <laughs> I watched once again. Actually, that's a lie. I, I believe I came, I saw you once when you're doing your shows with Gus. And I was, Mel and I were, were talking about it again today. It was just like, what a brave thing for a mother to do. Like, great idea. And I'm sure 90% of the time, it was a lot of fun. But there had to have been some days where you're like, that was a little bit tough. During or, the series, actually, no. They were pretty much all good experiences while you're while you're actually like in here yeah yeah so my goal was that i wanted to be open and kind of not say no to you know just let him do full on creativity um and he was at the perfect age because how old was he two to three yeah yeah because they they don't really know imagery or shapes yet like by the end he was learning like triangles circles and t-rex and ghost and those things started popping up in in the paintings he'd t-rex be like, and yeah ghost? he'd be like draw a giant t-rex i was like where do kids learn that okay i guess there's a t-rex over this portrait here uh it's awesome it's eating the face uh and handprints like tracing hands and just like really early development stuff and now he's braver than ever and just knows what he's doing in here but it's very kind of like if I were to decide to do this with Finn now it would be the same experience for him but in a different way because he's a different child but um yeah I don't think I ever said no like he literally like these take me six months to a year, these large-scale portraits in here. Yeah. He literally covered over two eyeballs, a nose, and a mouth once. And Did I just, you want to scream? I just was like, okay. Uh, and it added something to it in the end, but those took me hours, like a long time. I work pretty quickly, but those are hard things to get right in a painting. So for me to like get them right and then him color over it in 40 seconds is is something it's it let it was it introduced something a new element of letting go so yeah the only time he cried he got afraid because i hung i had a new idea i hung up balloons full of paint and it scared him when they popped and shattered paint everywhere yeah I had no idea why. He could have been tired or whatever. That's it. Hmm. So other than that, it was and then when you, full on dancing music yeah. jam fest in here. Like, Which would have been a hard. lot of fun. Yeah. So then when you're done all those, then you go on a tour with them, correct? 
Well, not always with paintings. You have to apply to all these places and, and propose your show and your idea and your body of work. Oh, God, yeah. So you make these things, which it turned out to be a 44 uh, portrait series of all local parents. So people came in and posed for me and yeah. I photographed them. So they volunteered um, from social media. Um, I had a few that weren't local, like two or three, but for the most part, local. Um, which I felt was important. And being with what we were doing and the theme of the whole the whole thing. And uh, so I finish it, I frame it, I get it ready, and I decide that I also, because this is about motherhood and playfulness and living in the moment, I want it to be an interactive exhibition. So... For and involve families and children because how many art galleries let in or are like, hey, bring your kids, let's get let's get moving in the gallery, like <laughs> let's you know. So there were ride along toys. We had like fifty balloons filled he, filled up with helium and suckers tied to the bottom so they would float around the room. Um, swords, hockey sticks, like everything kids loved, basically. Um, besides letting them, well, actually at one gallery, we let them paint on the wall, but yeah, it, it was a, we traveled to three spaces. So it was a traveling exhibition. So interactive, which you would call an installation in the art world, plus the artwork hanging on the walls. So it was quite the, uh, experience and the openings were absolutely insane. I think there was 118 people at the local opening, so with their kids and yeah. babies and it was so much fun but like so crazy it was at another level yeah but very cool that was that was uh that got a lot of positive response from from people it was neat and the series was so vibrant and so alive and that was all thanks to gus really and and our time in this space so it was special and i hope he looks back with absolute fun oh, I'm sure I think he will. he will yeah well if he can remember if he can remember it but even yeah then, that was pretty young yeah something cool to look back on as a kid well we documented a lot of yeah. it so yeah did you do you sell all 44 of those in um i don't know i probably no they're still they're still because like the large-scale ones they're an investment for people so they can take i sold one immediately and there are four. So they take, they can take a year, two years, three, five. Those large scale ones move a bit slower, but um, a lot of the smaller scale. I still have some locally here hung, but um, yeah, like I think they're over half gone. The series before that, Olivia series, was only 12 pieces. So it sold out like during the Olivia show. Jordan? Yeah. So those sold out in like the month the show hung basically. Um, so it's different for every every body of work. Um, depends where it goes, the economy. Yeah. There's a lot of things that fall into place with I, I gotta, sales. I gotta ask about uh, is it HGTV? Mm-hmm. You were saying that's probably the coolest spot your art has got to this point. Yeah, I mean, I have I have stuff all over the world in like London and. People have collected my work, 
which is really special. But that one was really neat because they contacted me about a specific space. They like my work and they like this one image that this is where social media comes in um, on Instagram that I had posted um, of a female and it was kind of fun 80s style-ish colors or whatever. And But that was like a 12 by 17 drawing. But she wanted like a six foot by six foot painting for this last minute space they had in their 10,000 square foot home for House of Brian on HTV, HGTV Canada. So this is Sarah and Brian Baumler. Right. So they phone me and they're like, we need this painting uh, kind of like this one. And they sent me some pictures but like a portrait, but we really like this, but these are our colors, but in two weeks. So also that includes shipping. I like, well, I work in oils and those take me, those ones, like I just said, like six months to a year to do. So if you're, and I had done a lot of acrylic work before in large scale and they don't take six months because their oil is tons of layers and and it's just different chemistry but I find it a lot richer but I said it's going to have to be in acrylic because that dries really quickly and then I'm gonna have to roll it and ship it to you um, because we don't have time for framing etc so we figured it all out and they kind of I sent pro- progress shots they were like, oh, a little less brown, a little more white and gold. And I worked with them. And so I do work with designers and people for their spaces quite a bit. Um, commission work, which I actually don't mind doing. A lot of artists were, don't, don't like doing it because they're like, well, it's not what I wanted to do. But I find it gets you out of your box a little and you have a little fun with it. And you see, you know, you get to create something that you worked on with someone else's vision but of course it was my imagery and my portraiture and what I similar to my other poses that's why they chose me as an artist they liked what I did so we just came up with a concept together the the sky was the limit with what I wanted to do with that's still pretty Obviously, cool, right? Obviously, mark making, like they can't control Did you jump up and down when they gave you that phone call? Or was it just um, like, oh, oh crap, I got wow. a ton of work to yeah. go Yeah, no. It was, I was like, I got to get someone to watch. Because I only had Gus. <laughs> I got to get a I babysitter. I got to get someone to watch Gus this week or help me out a bit. Because I'm going to be at this like how many, every day. How many hours did you paint during that? I just painted every day that week. I don't, I actually don't keep track of my hours because I don't get paid for my time. No, but no. if you were to guesstimate, are you like <laughs> I don't, saying it's like... It's way too depressing. Is it like, was it like 12-hour days? 15-hour no, days? No, no, no. Nothing... Four-hour days? Nothing that would like, you know, impact eating and stuff like that. I like routine. I like to... No, I still got to be a mom and do my thing. Um, no, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. I just... I'm really... If I have something to do, I'll get it done. I'm not a procrastinator. I'll just do it. I'll focus on it. I can be very focused and and do it. Um, like if people have a commission for me, I usually say, you know, it can take anywhere from like two weeks to four months. Depends how many commissions I have and 
what the size and scale and what the people are looking for. But if it's like a, you know, a portrait of someone's significant other or stuff like that and it's on paper, which is a faster working medium, yeah, I can get it done right away. I, I, you know, then I get to do my own stuff too. And I feel like when you have more to do, you're, you're, when you're busy, you, you, I'm in here more. So it's getting me bouncing off ideas and taking it into another project. So I, I like it. Before we get to my fun little questions at the end that I always do, I thought it might be smart of me to ask, what is your current project? And what uh, what are you currently up to other than being, what is it now, seven months pregnant? Yeah, I'm seven months pregnant. Um, <laughs> I am trying to slow down, but I keep having things to do. But I physically don't have to do anything else. I just came off of a month of I had to travel to my gallery in Saskatoon, um, go to my new gallery for an opening in Regina the next week, and then go to another local event. So it was a lot of trucking, literally trucking my art around um, because I have some of the Gus series and I have this new mind series um, based on all the female imagery and stuff. And I just finished that 20 piece series. Uh, so I have to rotate it and get it out there. And especially before I have a baby and I was accepted into a gallery, the Sky Gallery in Aspen, and the Komodo Gallery in Vancouver. So some new galleries, but they won't be taking my work for six months to a so year. What you're saying is you're extremely busy. I'm extremely busy, and I, <laughs> I, I can't say no. I, yeah, people ask me to do things. And I'm like, well, you know, you just you feel like you're missing out on an opportunity to you know to help your your work your you know what i've been working on for so long i don't want to stop yeah, stop right. it yeah so yeah but i think i'll have a little uh two month break here yeah now after this this is my last thing that i said yes to so that it time wise has really worked out um but i'm i actually have started <laughs> this is me i have started a new series uh, along with some like self-motivated projects um, and I always have commissions on the go so but I want to pace out this new series which is on Canadian family and heritage okay um, on uh, photos that I found uh, of my family or my husband's family um, from like the 70s and 80s so any any neat sort of portraiture that I that, like this is my mother-in-law here from yeah, 1977 yeah. Um, yeah so I I always want to tie in something of myself into these bodies of work but I don't want to push this series out like I have it's just a little too high paced and I'm obviously going to be so busy <laughs> Um, so I want to take my time and, and maybe not have the series be so large, but yeah, so it'll probably be a year before the next one's done, but you have to have these bodies of work in order to apply for shows and galleries. So, but now that I've been accepted into those new places, like I'll have to have something for them eventually, eventually, but 
It's okay. Cool. I'm, I'm in no rush. There's no pressure, so it's good. If uh, somebody's listening to this and is like, oh, I'd love a portrait done or I'd love something done, is there a way they can get a hold of you? Yeah. I mean, I'm on Instagram, a Brandy Hofer artist, and I mean, it's super easy to find me. I'm on Facebook. Uh, just shoot me a message. And uh, yeah, I I have had some really interesting commissions. And like I said, I what's have a most, hard time What's the most interesting commission you've ever had? Interesting. Well, like recently I had a local cop decide um, his wife, I think, Googled. So it was very random. He was so nice. And the he must be retiring or something, but they're buying him a gift. So they he got to choose what he wanted. So he had his old photos from um, his tour um, of him in his like uh, tanker and with a gun. And so I like I was surprised because, you know, my work is like female based and for like an officer to want, you know, my style, but incorporated to his his. And he loved them, and he was so nice. So that's that was cool. really neat. Yeah. Um, and I, I really don't mind. I don't mind. I don't mind stuff like that. And he, and to see his face when he got them, and you know, so to see people's love for art who you don't expect. Um, I, I get, I get really. If I thought about it really hard, I'm sure I could think of something. <laughs> weirder, I thought you were gonna say you, but, uh, you had to do somebody's poodle or something. Oh, I haven't, no, you know what, there's a lot of, especially locally, there's actually really good uh, portrait, pet portrait artists, Um, it's not my signature, so people just don't, don't come to you for, come to me, but the biggest project was the mural I did, which was almost 50 feet, that was an undertaking, I heard that it got vandalized like the first or second night, yeah, I, I think it was innocent, I don't think they meant it, to be bad it but it was in the end because i it was right in the middle of a giant because every color that was is on that mural is a custom color so we mixed it oh wow i mixed it um so fyi that mural is like kick ass thanks yeah it's kick ass people love taking pictures in front of it which is very cool and that was the intent so yay um, I don't know what I was thinking last summer though. I just all of, I was listening to podcasts. Thanks podcasts. <laughs> and I was I saw a t- I was really following a lot of artists who were doing large scale murals. I'm like, why can't I do that? I'm gonna get a I'm gonna get the stuff to do that and see if I can anyone has a wall to paint. So I actually the first person I asked was Jill from Red Bicycle, who we know from school. Yeah. And I was like, hey, Jill, super random question, but, and it was the night there I decided I wanted to do one. So this is me on a whim, right? Like a hard one. <laughs> and um, you don't know, you don't happen to know anyone looking for like a mural for their wall, <laughs> like in Lloyd. And she's like, actually, by chance, I do. I, uh, yeah. So Small she, world. Yeah, she hooked me up right away. And, um, yeah, it was like a month later. But we had to decide on imagery and go back and forth and, and decide on concept and what we wanted it to mean to the community. And 
and stuff like that. Well, so I'll think be it, the first or the millionth person to tell you, probably the millionth. It looks really good. Like it's it's thanks. really good. Yeah, I'm. Every time I'm I drive by, be... and I'm I'm not saying I'm no mural connoisseur, but I've there's seen enough of them. It is like really well done. Thank you. It was a lot harder than I because I'm a quick worker, but there were some bumps because it was textured like with there's yeah I saw that pattern that pattern pattern brick yeah so that takes a longer time than a flat surface to paint over and a lot more paint I'll tell you it sucks it right up and then safety actually unfortunately because I can only paint at night because I'm with my children every day and I'm not going to get a daycare all of a sudden stick them in daycare so I can go paint a mural um that's just not my that's not my thing so I mean tons of people get by like that and that's great but I I just don't so I only can paint in the evening and downtown you just don't want to be alone in the dark so what did you do downtown in the evening my dad came and helped me really yeah he came every night and with his friend Barry just hang out hung out and all those people I was scared of he'd be like hey John (laughs) (laughs) so I mean they still were it would have been scary to be alone with said John but um my dad's just a local guy who's been here for you know forever so he knows He's a chef. He knows everyone. He sees everyone. So it's just like his personality that he would know everyone's name. He's good. He's good like that. But made it a little less scary and and manageable and kind of a bonding time with my dad. Gus helped. Gus was there a lot of nights. Is it Gus on the wall? Uh, Actually, it's not. It's um, uh, Lipke, Becky Lipke's son. And it's a local photographer, Red Banjo Studio, Kristen Hickman. Oh, it's yeah, her Chris... imagery. Okay. And that's her son. Gus thinks it's him, for sure. <laughs> yeah. He tells everyone it is. Every, a lot of people think it's Gus. So, you know what? I It's honestly happened so much that I just don't yeah. bother. It's It doesn't really matter. Because I've heard a lot of moms say um, their sons just go, that's me, mom. They just think it's them. So it's it's a it's a common little. We have to pause oh, for no. fifteen seconds. They're down by a point in oh, the no. game five. Holy crap! Too easy. They just won't win. It's hard. I think it's harder to be up in a series because you lose your fight a little bit. Well, you're it not the team like... fighting yeah. for their lives. So, yeah. crap, Raptor fans, we lose by one. Oh, well, that's why you get game six. So, I got four fun little questions. This may take us 30 seconds. It may take us 10 minutes. I'm not sure. I always start out with the guess uh, on the final questions. I've been doing the time machine uh, I'm really question. bad at, like... That's all right. Um, on on the whatever, uh, like, quick-witted, you know, short answer. Anyway, go ahead. I can't even get it out. Are you going to let me get the question out? No, I'm nervous now. (laughs) No, they're they're fun. (laughs) If you had a time machine and could go to any event, where would you go? Uh, Event? 
Well, I don't know. You okay? Place? Fun. You want to go to a place? Fine. I just figure if it's a if it's a time machine, you can go anywhere in time. No, I would just if it's a place, you're just gonna hop on a plane. Super easy. Um, I would go back and talk to my mom. Oh, that's a fair one. Yeah, that's. I wish uh, the time machine could bring my mom like here. Here. Yes. Yeah, that would be my real wish. Um. Or like in five years or whatever to meet our family. Yeah. Yeah. That's a super easy question. <laughs> See, I don't know what um, you're Super about. easy, but very yes. sad. Sad. Yes. <laughs> um, that, yeah, that thought is the saddest thought probably when I think about my mom and what an amazing grandmother she would be. And she really loved babies and children. She was a baby whisperer. She she bragged about it all the time, too. I mean, she had 13 brothers and sisters. What? Yeah. 13 She was of brother? 13. Yeah. So or I think... She, one of 13? One of 13. Um, 13? Yeah. Oh, that and her lady. mom came from 13. So and what are you stopping at 13. three for? Yeah. We were meant... The women of this family were meant to bear children. <laughs> no um uh no (laughs) i was good with two this is a compromise um yeah so she my grandma even told me i asked her um after my first i was like grandma how did you have 13 children this is crazy like how did you even do it well the you know you have the first half, and then this the first half takes care of the second half. <laughs> like, You're like, okay. right. Yeah. Yeah, right. So, yeah, and, and it's true. Like, my Uncle Peter said, like, my Auntie Gwen was like a mom to him. So, when she got married, he was really pissed. Still, 13. <laughs> like, holy moly. Yeah, it's nuts. So, my mom, like, you know, she raised some babies, but really young, and, and was really good with kids, and just, like, loved babies she's she was special i like babies but like i don't i don't think i'm i won't go up to someone and be like give me your crying baby let me soothe it like it's not my forte so yeah i would that of that's so easy i would i would want some moments with her to talk that's a fair enough point yeah if you could go back to your 20 year old self and give your 20 year old self some advice from your 33 year old self what would it be? Well, I always think that it'd be like investing in something. Um, that would be smart to get yourself ahead uh, financially. But then I'm like, I don't really even know how to invest money. So <laughs> uh, it would be like uh, in one ear, out the other. What are you talking about? How do I invest in Google? Like, how do you, how do, you do that? I don't know. So... I, and honestly, uh, money um, is really not important to me. So, like, I'm just not into things yeah. at all. Uh, I really like food. So as long as we can afford, you can I like gourmet food. Good food. Yeah, as long as we're at the level where I can cook nice meals and we're com- like comfortable, I'm I'm pretty happy with that yeah i don't know 
you know, I those are things you think about, and it's kind of neat, but I probably am going to make those really stupid mistakes anyway. Um, like, I, I don't drink now anymore because I find... I'm not very nice or like good at it. I get a little goofy. So I'm, maybe I would be like, hold off a little bit crazy. <laughs> but I probably, I would not have listened. Like who's going to listen? And you kind of, I think you got to go that's something you probably need to go through, right? Yes, So then exactly. you can understand why. It is something you have to yeah, go through. That's an experience. And go through those painful things to learn. Yeah, that's not for me. Yeah. Clearly it, it took that amount of whatever to, you know. To, and I'm a better person because of it. And it's not for some people. Some people are fine. Yeah. Um, I do like the odd, um, like I like to taste things because they go with good food. <laughs> but there's a limit. So it's, it's good. Yeah. And as a parent, you know, you, there's no, there's no room for drinking anymore. Well, Let's I just, face it. <laughs> I, uh, part of the reason with, uh, going back to not drinking for trying to go five months is essentially exactly what you're talking about. You get two kids running around in the morning at 6am. You try and do that hungover. No, you, you'll do it. Imp- you'll, you'll do it once or twice. And then you go, what, what the heck <laughs> am I doing? It's the worst this? day of my life. Yeah. What are you doing this to yourself for? <laughs> right. It's like, just not worth it. Uh, absolutely. Ain't worth it. And pay. I actually get really sick. So even worse. <laughs> Even worse. I get like, I get like flu sick, I won't say, but like I get the flu symptoms. So it's... You got extreme man cold. Is that what you got? No, like flu, puking flu. I know. You haven't seen the video of the man man cold? Oh. Where he's got the little bell every time? (laughs) Haven't you seen that? No, but I've experienced man (laughs) cold. You've experienced man cold? On a regular. If you could paint any celebrity, Uh, I'm going to go with celebrity. Celebrity? Who, who would it? Who would it be? Oh. I'm not good. That's not good for me. I like it's uh, because I like movies, but I'm not into like celebrity. Okay, life or, so okay, so who um, is one person then? And we won't go. We person. won't go celebrity. If there's one so person tough. out there, is there somebody you're just like? I'll give you who I idolize and need. Yeah, maybe. Paint? Yeah. Oh, that's really hard. If I could interview, I'll throw it out to you. If I could well, interview, I already paint whoever I want. I know, but there's got to be somebody out there that you're just like, you know, if uh, that Brad Pitt ever walked through the door, I'd gladly paint him. Brad Pitt came to, was the only, I'm like, a celebrity. Brad Pitt was the first person that came to my mind because I'm like, oh, well, a celebrity. He seems nice, I guess. He actually has the closest face that anyone has to in the art world called the golden face proportions. You kidding me? Yeah, he has the, the Brad gold. Pitt face. He is Brad Pitt has the most like um, symmetrical? even symmetrical golden face. Uh, I'd hate to hear what they say about my face. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's face is definitely not symmetrical. <laughs> like their ears are uneven and their eyes are droopier on one side. Yeah, like what? people's nostrils are off for sure like but people don't notice that sort of thing because they don't have to um well i it's hard because again i paint whoever i want but mostly i go off of um the pose or the imagery it's not really the person uh and i'd have to think a long time it'd take me like a month i'd be like aha i would love to paint that person well i I just figured maybe you had like a i got a bucket list a bucket list of people i'd like to interview and 
right at the yeah, top of that is two names. That would be cool. As, yeah. uh, is uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson, because I just find him fascinating, and Steve Eisman. He is I find interesting. those two guys, from my walk of way, I'd love to interview those two guys. They're on my bucket list. And if yeah. I ever get there, I'll be over the moon. Yeah, well, and they get to see it. Obviously, if you're interviewing them, they get to hear it. That's right. Yeah. Mm, still still no. Still no, eh? No, I... Uh, That's interesting. I'll phone you I back. mean, yeah, you, you <laughs> call that in. Tell you okay, your final <laughs> one then. Time. If tomorrow you could hit a button and go to anywhere in the world, didn't cost you anything, you could take anyone you wanted there, but you just got to go to one place, oh. where would you go? Well, I've gone to a lot of my top places already. Yes. See, I'm not a time waster. I've been to the places I want to go. So does um, that mean you wouldn't go back? There's not one place you found on this earth you'd be like, oh, tomorrow I have to go there? Oh, uh, hmm. I, okay, I want to see San Francisco. I want to go there as a city. I want to go back to New York. I want to want to travel through Spain again because when a... we went to Spain, we were really young. We were, what, 17? Oh, we were 17. That's but I think Spain has a lot more that I need to see as an adult, not a 17-year-old. Not um, as a 17-year-old hopping bars and sneaking out at night. Yeah, yeah we did getting a lot in of, trouble. That's right. Um, yeah, so, yeah, there's a lot of, but nothing crazy. I'm pretty happy here right now at this point in my life staying where I am. So if tomorrow you could go anywhere, I would stay you'd home go with to my the Clausen residence. Yeah. I would be with my family at home. Um, oh, hi, Jeannie. Uh, no, no, you can just take your... No, the wish, I don't need I don't, that. I don't, I don't need that. I, I'll stay right here. If well, that's we, pretty cool. Like, I mean... Late, uh, you know, you can go places later with your family and... Yeah. I I don't like to fantasize a whole bunch. I, I like those places, but it's not... Like, uh, I went to Toronto in October before I was pregnant. And I went alone. I I cashed in. I called my nursing, my breastfeeding years. I cashed in all that time and went for four days. And, you know, I got to go for dinner again. And I got to see people. I went to my favorite artist's um, opening. Uh, he had because he was coming to Canada, which was rare. So I decided to go and, and meet him that? in person. Andrew Salgado. He's from Regina, and so he's a Canadian artist. Uh, also portraits and figurative work. Um, and he he has been absolutely successful, but works very hard. Um, his he's really prolific as well. But his like portraits that large sell for like fifty six thousand dollars. Oh, yeah, like so he's but he's living in London, so expenses yeah. high. But he's with Beers London and in London. So, um, yeah, I went to his opening, got to meet him in person because we've been communicating online for a few years. I've invested in one of his pieces, and then we traded artwork as well. So it's kind of neat. He was really humble and. And if anyone who has reached a level of success and still answers his Instagram messages, well, that's pretty cool. So I went to meet him among some other fans of his too. traveled a very long way to meet him. And I stayed with my sister-in-law and we did all these fun things and they took us out after the opening with them. And but I still kind of had this feeling like 
you know, things aren't as fun without your kids or your family or your yeah. significant other. They're just not rewarding. Like seeing your children experience something for the first time or doing things with them. That's better. That's better than this, what we're doing. It was good, but for like four days. It's pretty cool. You've you've figured out a, a lot more than what a lot of people like a lot of people haven't figured that out. Yeah. Hell, at no, times I haven't figured that out. At times it, I'm like, it's oh, sad. God. No, I mean I don't have it all figured out. No, all I'm not together, trying to say but you do, I but... just feel like I don't want to look back and be like, ah, oh, I really should have done that differently or more time. Yeah. Like this morning, for example, I feel very badly. Like Gus want <laughs> he wants to lay with me every morning, but there's like half an hour window there where I can like sleep by myself. And he always just wants to lay there, but he's doing nothing. So, like, scratching things, rolling around, like, if saying he's anything like stuff. Shay, he's the worst guy to have in the bed. Shay, yeah. like, kicks you and so, rolls. And... He's not sleeping. He's awake. I'm like, yeah. why do you even want to be here? So I was that. like, I told him to go away. And then I called him back. I said, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Like, you literally just wanted, for some reason lay with me and do absolutely nothing but i'm trying to sleep and i can't sleep while you're ticking fidgeting fidgeting around yeah but being pregnant i've I've had a bit of a mean streak but i did feel bad (laughs) and i said mommy loves laying with you i'm just super super freaking tired i just want 15 to 20 minutes yeah anyway but yeah i do recognize those things and I'm happy that I do because I just won't live life, a life of regrets, hopefully. I mean, yeah. That's cool. Well, thank you for coming on with me. I hope you've thank enjoyed you. it. Yeah, it was a pleasure. I always like sitting with you and talking anyway. So this was easy. Cool. Well, that's a wrap. Yeah, cool. Great. Thanks. Did you enjoy it? It was long. Is that oh, yeah, going to be a longer hour, one? Hour and 40 minutes. Hey, guys. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed Brandy Hofer. I just wanted to say thanks to her again for having me over to her studio. It was really, really cool to sit and, you know, see where all the magic happens for her. And I uh, wish her the best, and I think she has a really bright future ahead of her. Next week on the podcast, I have Dallas Hines, Zane Franklin, and Kobe Moore in studio. All three of the boys have played multiple years in the WHL. And so we're going to talk about life in the WHL and off-season training, road trips. Uh, They take so many road trips, such long road trips in the WHL. And then finally, what it's like being traded. All three of those guys uh, share unique experience. They've all been traded. So I thought uh, we'd discuss how that goes down, you know, what it's like moving to a new city, not knowing anyone, that kind of thing, and uh, get their thoughts and perspectives. So next week, got the three boys in town. So until then.